This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On this week's hunt update, we'll talk about my hunts in Indiana, or the lack thereof, and we'll talk about Elliot's success on his three-day weekend hunt he had and now for a quick word from our partners. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box, Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at the shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com and did I mention if you're not in the area they also do shipping so that's great be sure to check them out guys we'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes and fully collapsible floater decoys we'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. Alrighty folks, we're back from the break. Um, let's jump right into it. What's going on, yeah, folks? I'm Jordan from Duncan Chronicles. <laughs> Take two. Start over. Take oh, two. Yeah. What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host, Elliot, from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we're here for our weekly hunt update. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I am doing good. We just came off our yearly three-day hunt trip. Nice. And nice. I'm excited to talk about it. What do you mean yearly? You, you have annually where you pick out a weekend and go for three days? Yep. We have one trip a year. We do a lot of many trips just on weekends and sometimes I'll take off a Friday, but once a year we'd go and we hunt Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we do a three day, um, hunt trip 
We just go three days in a row. That's the only time of the year that we will go three days in a row like that. Mm. And is it like a kind of to a different zone in the state or I don't know. How um, yeah, we, we, nor- we normally travel this year. We did not travel this year. We decided to stay here, but normally we've gone out wet. Normally we normally go out. I've said the word normally like five times. In a row. <laughs> uh, we go out West. We've gone up to Nebraska. Um, last year we were planning on trying to hit Missouri and the lease, but that didn't pan out. But normally either Nebraska or out West. Mm. And uh, where was it this year? We just stayed here locally. Um, the hunting had been so good around here the weekend before, um, and the bird numbers had been really growing. And we had a variable ice where we were we were gonna where we were going to go um, was a lot shallower water, and we were fearful of the ice, and we weren't sure you know how to whether we get out there and there'd be too much ice. So we just decided to stay here in our own homes and our own beds. Mm. Well, that works. Just hunt three days in a row. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was a really, really good time. Was, we had a lot of success. Uh, hunted with Quinn one of the days. Um, hunted with my dad one of the days. Hunted with Golden Boy one of the days. So it was kind of my three-day hunt trip. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I guess, yeah. We'll, let's go ahead and we'll start with mine real quick. Okay. Um, then we'll jump to year three, and then uh, I'll throw in some scouting information at the end. So uh, my week didn't get out much and i know i've been hunting like four or five days every week so um i for whatever reason i you know i went scouting couldn't find birds couldn't find a place to go and one of the days i went um actually last thursday uh just decided to go on a spot that normally holds birds and man i didn't even see a bird fly i didn't see one single bird (laughs) like usually if you get skunked you see stuff they're not working or something but it literally i didn't see a bird like oh, I heard man. some distant honks from a goose or two, but that was it. And like this place like loads up late later in the season. So you so, on the river? Is that where you were? Is on the river? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was uh, on the river. So it's just very unusual, and I don't. I honestly don't know why, but um, yeah. So we got. It doesn't seem like you've been hunting. Doesn't seem like you've been hunting as much on the river as last year. Um, I do. I'll probably pick it up here more. It just, you don't normally have to hit the rivers until it, um, freezes enough stuff freezes up to kind of force them to use the river. Uh, I have been seeing the birds there and I need to explore the river more, but there's, I'm, I'm also somewhat limited on the river with the canoe, uh, just for safety reasons. Don't want to go out in big water. Or fight big currents going up and down, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I do that, but I, I try not to if I don't have to. Um, and going with HDR guys, it seems like there's some better options than some of those river hunts where um, they can be okay. A lot of times they're decent. You see, you almost always see birds, except for that one time this week. But <laughs> Yeah. So, no, that was my first time. Uh, it snowed. Me, Chiefs, just sat out there and... Um, waited on birds that never showed up and then hiked all my decoys out you know how solo hunt goes so yeah i watched yesterday your video from your hunt you were talking about last week with the pond and the mallards i really enjoyed that that video no thanks yeah it was uh i I really liked how it turned out you know kind of like when you put something together you never know till you look Mm -hmm. at the footage like what you're gonna get out of it and 
but yeah, for me, the the best part was just seeing Chief kind of overcome the ice and <laughs> yeah, that was really about it at the end. Yeah, and and can you go over for me a little bit of the situation where you couldn't get out of the mud? Is, is it was it just because the mud was just really like sticky? Yeah, like my leg just sunk down and like Are you knee deep in mud or what? No, so I, it's hard to explain. So there's ice, obviously. So I'm breaking through the ice and walking through the mud, and it's like a muddy bottom pond, and like you'll go kind of like shin high in the mud the whole way and you'll be fine but like the further you get out you just stay on the edges and then like further to that right corner of that pond it's shallow enough you can walk all the way across um but when i got out to where that bird was i had to walk more towards the center of the pond and it's kind of hard to tell from the perspective but my um gopro is on my head so it looks like i'm a lot taller than i am but i was like inches from the water going into my waders really yeah, yeah, I didn't pick up on the video. I didn't realize it was that deep in it. <laughs> no, we didn't have any film or any footage of any other angle besides the GoPro on my head um, because Hunter ran out to come, you know, help me get out of there. And you know, <laughs> I would say rescue. The blinds. Rescue yeah. is the word I would I use. don't know if I would have got out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm serious. I don't think you would have. <laughs> I think I would have had to, like, swim to get out. I would have had to, like, dive down and, like, go belly like try to to pull my leg out because one of my legs was stuck so bad I couldn't get it out no matter what I did I was struggling and it only shows it for like a few seconds because the video if like I showed the whole time I'm struggling there it's gonna get boring but like it was minutes <laughs> well hold on didn't you get stuck in the mud last year too N- uh yeah yeah did. you did yeah you did <laughs> okay but that was that was until season I just so what happened on that one um, is out in the marsh and there's like this perfect circle of grass. Like it almost looks like the grass you'd like have on a lawn. And <laughs> I was just walking along and walking through like a bunch of like, it was like smart weed and all the stuff. I'm like, oh, here's this nice patch. I'll just walk across it. And what I didn't know, it was literally like the consistency of like cow poop where it was just like ah. I stepped into it and it was just like immediately I went instantly from walking and like knee-high smart weed and water to like up to my chest up to my arms in muck oh my and i was in that for like 30 minutes <laughs> struggling and your friend never came to help you on that one he didn't have waders and i took the canoe over to the spot so he had no way to get to me <laughs> yeah but that's uh that's neither here or there so yeah so I'm anyways to come up with some kind of nickname involving getting stuck in the mud <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, the town I live in is Indian for knee deep in mud. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> Fitting. And the other thing about that video is you had to crack that duck out from underneath the ice. Yeah, yeah. So it hit the water, and that's why Chief couldn't see it. It hit the the ice, and like it was like not really solid ice, and it it just hit the water or it hit the ice and made a hole and just kept going and went like three feet away from the hole under the ice. That was weird. Yeah, it was just like it was the perfect consistency to have that happen. Very few dogs are going to get that retrieve. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was a little too hard on Chief. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. It was under the ice. You had, didn't you like bust it out with your with your gun? No, I used but, my hand. Oh, use your hand. So it's kind yeah. of really mushy ice. Yeah. 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 Okay. And man, that was some harsh conditions you guys had. Yeah, but that makes it fun. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. We didn't shoot a ton of birds. Like when we weren't like smacking down limits or anything, we could have done better if we had better shooting, but 
Um, just when you get birds working in like that. The only problem was it was like the solos and, and singles, singles and doubles that were working in good. So on hunts like that, do you, do you ever have problems with um, like your phone running out of battery life? My phone? Yeah. Or on any hunts? Not really, I don't think. Like lately we've been having like, we'll go, we hunted till like three o'clock on the day and people are texting me like, how you doing? You know, I'm trying to do some Instagram stories and everything. It's like by the end of the hunt, it's, I'm almost out of, out of battery. And I was thinking, what can I do to deal with this? And you know, I, you don't have one, um, but I, I've got one. The light, the lights all cube K U B E. Oh uh, yeah. They're a tiny little, it's a tiny little cube flashlight. And the cool thing about it is it's got a, a USB port in the back and you can actually charge your phone with it. Yeah, so, you could uh, you could even charge like a GoPro or anything, really. Yeah, you could, you could. So I'm, I'm thinking about keeping that one of those, like either just put it in my bag or in my chest pocket, because it's become a real issue with my phone going dead. Yeah, well, you end up going on like long, like full day hunts a lot more than I do. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love the full day hunts. I really, really do. Um, in fact. We're, we're, we're calling our hunting style full immersion, which is the next video I'm putting out. The title of it is full immersion, which I'll, I'll talk more about in a second. But I think I'm going to bring that light cell cube um, from now on. Just keep it in my pocket and plug it in. And I think the price is it's not very expensive. And, and right now you can get um, on lights all 40% off site wide right now. So if you guys are hearing this, jump all over to jump on over to lights and check out this little cube. They also have several other really fine pieces of equipment, headlamp, 3000 lumens, tor I call it a torch, um, lantern. So make, make sure to go go check that out because it's super high quality equipment. Yeah, headlamp definitely for waterfowlers. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and uh, jump over to your hunts for the week. Okay. All right, let's see what time it is. I can't be too long-winded because I could talk forever about this this, <laughs> this week. So, like I said, we normally go on this three-day hunt trip, and um, we had a huge cold front the week before and brought in lots of birds. I shot my first mallard limit of the year um, in my local area, um, then shot a bunch of geese and some mallards on Corn's Pond, his private pond he has access to. So, as we were getting close two or three days out from the hunt trip, which was supposed to be Corn, myself, and, and my dad, um, and we were going to go about three hours west we just decide, you know what, the hunting's so good up here right now. With there's some of the marshes are frozen, some of them are not, and it's really weird because you can go directly west three hours with the same, would that be longitude, latitude, same latitude, um, and it freezes faster. The temperatures are a little colder, and I don't know why because it's the same latitude. But so we're scared we're going to get out there and everything's going to be frozen. So we just make the decision to stay in our local area. So um, we did three hunts in a row: Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday hunt, we decided corn went out Wednesday and scouted his pond again. And there was still birds on, on his pond. So Thursday, my dad and, and corn and I, and Izzy and candy, we went out to the pond and I fully expected it to be completely ice free when we got there because you know, it's open water. It's deeper. I didn't think it would freeze, but we got there in the dark and right at the place we were planning on setting up was ice covered. I'm like crap what are we gonna do so i'm like okay let's walk over by the the dam because always the dam's always the deepest and normally if there's gonna be open water that's where it is so and as i started walking over there i'm hearing more and more honking more and more honking 
and I, they were being really quiet in there. And as I got clear up to the corner, I was found open water and there was like 500 to a thousand geese. And it's been crammed right up into this corner. I'd walked them over there. And, um, actually this video already came out on Monday. This video came out. Um, and we're recording this on. So yesterday, yesterday. Um, so we decided to set up in there. The wind was going to be kind of wrong for it, but we just really didn't have that many choice for open water. Um, as the sun came up, there was immediately goose activity. And as we could see, we looked over and right about 20 yards to the left of where we were wanting to set up was open water. But we just couldn't, in the dark, it, it, we just couldn't see it. We couldn't see the open water. So we had walked past it. And it was basically where we had wanted to set up. And all the birds that were coming in were going and landing right there, right in that spot. And we had our white rock decoys out, which, man, I'm loving how those look. They really look good. Uh, just a couple dozen of the um, floaters and, like, six goose floaters. But for the first 30 minutes, everything, even ducks, too, were trying to come in and land right over in this pocket. So, And, and there's trees right over there, too. So I'm like, screw this. I'm going to jump up. I couldn't quite get corn motivated to get up and move. Um, I'm like, I'm going to go grab a half dozen mallard decoys, a couple goose floaters. I'm just going to go over there and sit. So I went over there I was and gonna sat. ask about that because so there was kind of a rift in your group as far as like you wanted to move in corn and your and fumbles weren't in the well, same mindset or what a was a little it? bit I was kind of neurotic about it here's the reality <laughs> of what happened um so we were talking about moving talking about moving corn's a little bit reluctant just because he doesn't quite have the drive quite as much. So when it comes to like, let's get up and move, let's get him. He's like, come on, let's just relax. I'll make breakfast, you know, and which I love about him. Cause he's not a kill dependent hunter. If he shoots a couple birds, he, he uses hunting as just a total de-stressor and it's just like being out there that de-stresses him. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. I love that about him. He's not kill dependent at all. But then when it comes to like, you know, putting in like, let's move clear over there. He's like, eh, you know, so I talked him into it and we got up, we started moving decoys around. And I looked over there in that corner and all of a sudden I started second guessing myself and I'm like, Oh, maybe we're making the wrong decision. Maybe because uh, several times I feel like I felt like that we have moved too soon. Cause we move a lot when we're out, we, we pick things up and move constantly. And I'm like, I sorry, second guess it. And I'm like, let's just go back under the tree um, and just wait a little bit longer. So we stopped what we were doing, went back, kind of reset up. And within five minutes, a goose came and landed exactly where we were wanting to move like would have killed him stone dead. So at this point I had just talked everyone into standing up, get all the decoys packed up and then be like, no, no, let's not do it. Which is totally annoying, you know? <laughs> so I didn't want to try to get, so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to run over there real quick. I'm going to go grab. So that's where I headed over there by myself. Um, and immediately I had a pair of mallards come in. The Drake dropped pretty close to me. I killed the Drake. Um, then I killed a gadwall and then I was over there messing around with the um with the decoy with the goose decoys because i was trying to bring some white rock socks over as well and i had a goose float right in i killed that so i'm like i got three birds right away so i'm like guys get over here get over here um so that so then we ended up moving all of us over there is that your limit in kansas for geese you know you can no, you can shoot six geese mm. so i had two ducks and one goose at this point oh okay and a oh, mallard I had three. three i had geese. three birds total three birds okay. total and the goose actually, I had this whole, uh, this flock come in and I crippled one and it landed about 500 yards up in this field. So I had to go clear over there, find that bird, 
and he actually ran from me and I couldn't catch out. He's fat. He was faster than me. This goose running was faster. Than me. It was kind of sad because he ducked under this hedgerow into this tree and just like laid down like completely flat and just like laid there trying to hide from me. And you could and see so, him playing his day. Yeah, I could see him. And so I went back up and shot him, but you know, it's just like, Oh man, he really wants to live, but <laughs> kind of my so tender heart. Izzy? Oh, Izzy will no more retrieve a goose off the ground. And she'll never do that. In fact, she <laughs> won't retrieve ducks off the ground either. Huh? I, I don't know. She's really finicky like that. If it's um, geese or ducks in the water, she'll she'll always do the ducks. She'll sometimes do the geese in the water. Hmm. But so then we set back up over there, and it wasn't great. We ended up um, with, I think, I shot three ducks. Corn shot two ducks, and then I shot three geese. So. Not a banner day, um, but not bad. Had we been set up in the spot we wanted to originally, we probably would have shot double of what we shot. Um, and even where we were just having problems settling, even when they were coming, even when the new spot, we were struggling to get them in like we wanted. The ducks that we were killing were like 35 to 50, or I'm sorry, 35 to 40 yards. But they were, I mean, coming down and landing, but they still weren't landing as close as, as what we wanted. Hmm. Um, so then after that, uh, we packed up, went back to the truck. It's about 1130 at this point. So the plan is then, since we've got all these other hunts stacked up, is that my dad and I are going to run over to one of the reservoirs and do a bunch of scouting. So um, we went and scouted this, this one area of this lake that I had been wanting to scout. I, I haven't been back in here for probably seven years. And I've been wanting to scout it with the big boat, especially when the lake's a little bit up. So I decided, you know what? I've been wanting to do this for years. I think there's going to be flooded vegetation in there because it was drought all summer. Then this big rain, the, the, the lake is four feet above pool right now. So let's just go scout this. So we take the big boat back in there and immediately we're like flushing ducks, just like flush, 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 and just jam packed with smart weed. I imagine you and I will probably hunt this when you come up because it's just a huge, massive area that doesn't get hunted very much full of smart weed. And we're kicking big bunches of hundreds of green wing all over the place. Not many, not that many mallards. So we keep going deep back up into this river channel and we find this little slough and we kick up about 200 mallards just out of this little timber slough. Um, and I don't think I see, this is the video I'm really excited about that's coming out, um, I think Thursday. So we saw these mallards like, let's get out of here. This is where we're hunting in the morning. So we drove back out and still there's green wings working these shorelines like both sides of the of the lake and i'm like it's only, it's about 3 30 i'm like let's set up now and i've got two more ducks to fill my limit uh, my dad hasn't even pulled the trigger so like let's just set up for an hour and see what happens so we set up for an hour and within about 15 minutes these green wings started working us and in that from 3 30 to 4 30 my dad and i shot five i shot i shot a double right away to finish my limit then my dad shot two with one shot and he ended up with five and I was like, man, this day has just been so much. And it was just the most gorgeous day ever. It's like high 40s, sunny, light little breeze. Um, awesome. So that, so that then I put that video up today. Yeah, I was going to say that one's up today. I haven't actually watched it yet, but. Yeah, it's just a quick little video. Um, just I tried, I wanted to put the whole day together, but it was going to end up being like 24 minutes or something to what I wanted to show. So I'm like, let's just break this into two, um, two days. So cool. it's, a, it's, a, it's a good little video. Um, Wait, so that's on the same same day as that morning hunt? 
Yep. The morning and... was the Monday video, and then the afternoon was okay. Today, yeah. And yeah. then, uh, <laughs> so then from there, you guys hunted the mallards that you scouted after that? Yeah, we went back in the next morning, just my dad and I, and we went back in this little slough, and we're like, I mean, it's a t- tight little narrow slough with, and some of the timber in there was flooded as well. And when we flushed the mallards, they were coming out of the, the flooded timber and coming out of the slough. So I think they were like landing in this little slough and moving back into the woods. And we're like, we're not sure how many mallards we're going to shoot, but if we shoot them, it's going to be awesome because they're going to be coming down vertical, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the day started and there was a lot of movement, just me and my dad on this one, a lot of movement right at the beginning of the day. And one, one Drake just came floating right down in and I killed him at like 12 yards. And so throughout the course of the day, um, we ended with, I ended up with four mallard drakes and my dad shot a green wing teal, a hen mallard and a mallard drake. Um, and the green wings was like a pack of 15 that just fluttered right down in. Um, but like all the shots were just epic. Like on one of my dads, I, the, these pair of hen and drake circled over our heads through the trees and they came to our right and the hen led the lead coming down in first and she comes over this tree you know and she just vertically drops down in you know and she's like hovering around trying to find where to land and i can see this drake falling her and i'm like wait for the drake and here comes this drake you know falling her and he's coming straight down and hovering around and my dad just misses the first shot but just destroys him on the second one i'm just really epic decoys so when's uh when's this video come out? Um, it's it's done. It's I think I can't decide whether I'm gonna put it out Thursday or I'm I'm thinking maybe maybe Thursday morning would be good just because it's like people have nothing to do. They wake up, they're checking YouTube, mm. that kind of thing. Um, yeah. What do you think? You think that Thanksgiving morning would be better than Friday? Or? I honestly, it's, it's really tough to say with the holidays, but I haven't had success. I don't think I'm posting on holidays. Yeah, I know. I think I put one out uh, last Thanksgiving and it didn't do as well as I thought, but my videos are doing really well right now. Um, They're doing a lot better than what they had been. Surprise, surprise. Now that we changed our, (laughs) I don't know if it's a result of us changing the live stream, but I'm telling you, they're all of a sudden doing so much better than they were before. I think I've Um, experienced the same. So so I'm going to chalk it up to that, but I'm dying to put this video out because it's even though we only shot seven, it's maybe my favorite hunt of the year. It's just me and my dad in the woods in the most comfortable of environment. Absolutely gorgeous day. Um, what ducks were coming down in or just like coming down an elevator shaft, you know, I mean, Oh my gosh, it was fun. It was so much fun. So you're um, saying that uh, we're going to hit that up when I come in December. If well, I think we'll hunt this area. I just don't know how often the birds are going to come into this spot because hmm. Sounds we awesome. were on a, it, oh man, it is, but we were on a unique time in which most of the marshes were frozen. Um, and this back cove was open and this little slough was open. So it's like all the rest of the areas where they might want to go were kind of frozen over. So I don't know how much that plays into it. Um, but, um, we will certainly scout. I'm going to, I want to go out and maybe hunt it this Saturday morning, just blind because it's such a cool place to hunt that my expectations are so much lower to how much I need to shoot to consider a good day. I mean, just because the quality of shots in there are so cool. Um, but we'll see. see. I hope, I hope that this place is good consistently. So what do you guys end up with on that day then? Um, I had four drakes. My dad had one drake. 
uh, mallard hen and a green wing teal. Nice. And the green wing teal, it's the only GoPro footage I put in there, but these, these green wings come from left to right and they're up about 40 yards. And as soon as they get passed by the decoys, they just like the whole group banks down in and just flutters down into the decoys. Um, it was, it was a really cool, I, I didn't even see them. They were banking so hard until, you know, you just hear the wings and everything. And then they're just like all over you. Um, and that, that seven we shot is with us taking turns too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, had we both just been blazing away, we probably would have had 10 or 11. We, I'm trying to think how many, cause there were several singles that came in, but there were several pairs that came in as well. So <laughs> we probably could add nine or 10 had we both been, both been blasting away. I imagine. But you know, the way we've gotten to like when we have me and Golden Boy or me and my dad and just taking turns, which Golden Boy and I hunted the next day and we did the same thing. It's like one person film, one person shoot. Very rarely do I ever think, oh man, I wish I was shooting. I wish it's really fun to work a camera and try to get those shots on video. It really is. Mm -hmm. So I, and just, you know, we were talking that day about our style of hunting being what we're calling full immersion. And cause you know, all these videos are coming up of guys with like 10 guys in multiple a frames and whatever. And, and I said it on the video that's coming out and, and I want to reiterate it. There's nothing wrong with that style of hunting. If you're being um, concerned, if you're not being crazy about your shot selection, I think sometimes it appears to me and what I'm seeing is when people get, Oh, you know, big groups, they think they can expand their range and just throw a huge wall of steel at flocks. Right. So they're shooting 45, 50 yards. Cause they got 10 guys blasting steel. That never works. <laughs> well, and what, what the thing about it is, and they, and you, they do drop some birds like that, but the, you know, me and me thinking about it is that when you have that hunt style and you're throwing huge walls of steel at birds, you're bringing, I mean, your, your, your shot spread is, is so spread out that you may bring down three or four birds in that, but there is a bunch of birds that are flying away that don't appear wounded that now have steel in them. And I find that to be real problematic. I don't ever want to send a bird away with steel inside of it. Um, I've seen several pictures where I can't remember. I've seen them recently where people shoot a duck and, and like they're all starting to rot on the inside from from gun wounds and everything. And mm -hmm. I think that giving a little more thought into the life of the animals that we shoot. So I don't I don't know I don't know how to phrase this. Um, I guess let me ask you a question, and you might need to think about it for for a little bit how much worth does the life of a duck have? Like you think of an apple, right? If you take a bite of an apple and throw it on the ground, it's life has pretty much zero worth. You're only wasting food, but it's not like you don't have to put into any consideration into the apple itself. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is a living organism. Um, but a, a, like a duck, how much worth or value do you think a, the life of a single duck has? Yeah, that is uh, a weird thing to think about um, because we as people do have a certain kind of hierarchy of of life um, and what we consider to be. Because, I mean, if there's a mosquito on your arm, that's a, a life too, right? And you just mm -hmm. squash that out um, and you're not really thinking about waste. And I'm, I'm not either. And <laughs> yeah, so I, I really don't know how you uh, 
yeah. Uh, you know how you compare it, but I do think that you know the life of a duck. You know it, it matters, and we should shouldn't be flippant with it. And you know that's why a lot of us as waterfowlers, uh, you know, um, think that conservation is great or are a part of conservation. And and yeah, yeah. And, and shot selection along those lines matters for that as well. Yeah. Well, I think we would both agree that they do contain some. We could argue on how much value. But we will say the individual life of a duck is valuable. We, I yeah. think we would agree on that. And limiting their pain and suffering, I think we would both agree, is is probably important. Yeah. Mm. And I can't when they're killing, for, go ahead. I can't speak for all waterfowlers, but like you know, as like just a person, you're out at a park and you see a duck, you know, um, like you're not gonna go over there and like kick it with your boot you know what i mean or like try to like yeah. crush them or especially like a duckling where you could actually get to them um and like the kind of same thing you shouldn't be flippant or um i guess i don't know the right words but just flippant with your shot shot selection yeah. when you're going after the birds because it's not yeah. all about the numbers or the limit when we're out there you know we all want to get the best hunts we can but um it, you got to do it the right way yeah. So if we were, if you're at a park and there's a mallard there and it was wounded and injured and sick, I think the majority of waterfowlers would probably feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, but I think that one thing that is lacking in the community is the thought process of, do I want to cripple game and have them fly away and just be injured for X amount of time. Um, it, it, is that okay? Um, and if it yeah. is, if, if you want to minimize that is, is you pulling the trigger more important than the chance of throughout your season, leaving lots of birds that we have agreed on are valuable crippled. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's something that most people just don't even think about. It doesn't even cross their mind. So when you have 10 guys in an A-frame, right? And let's say 50 geese come in at about 55 yards. And these 10 guys all unleash three shots each. That's 30 shells, right? How many birds do you think are flying away with steel in them that don't ever even appear to be wounded? I'd say a, a lot of birds are flying away with steel in them. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And that's a problem. It's a problem. I think it's something that needs to be at least discussed and thought about before you call the shot. Are you going to ethically be able to dispatch what you're pulling the trigger on? And if you're going to hunt with a group of 10 guys, that should not affect your killable range and your shot selection. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so back to my point of the full, of the full immersion, um, my dad and I were talking a lot about it and Aiden, Aiden and I have been too. And I think what we strive for the most more than anything is to be in the middle of nowhere, feeling like we're all by ourselves and sucking every bit of spiritual, um, I don't know what I'm looking for, emotional value out of that experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And this place that we were in, it does that more than any place I've ever been. I mean, it's so beautiful and it's just the two of us. Um, and the reason I lump it in with the whole a frame 10 guys thing is because 
I, I think about that style of hunting versus our style. And I think I, I've never hunted with you, but I see out of your video, especially when you're getting clear back in the river and you're by yourself and everything. Um, it, it's a different, completely different mentality of, of, of what you're looking for in a water waterfowl hunt, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, so th this, this hunt was about as immersive as you can get. You were going several miles back in, in the big boat. Then we're getting off in the woods. No one can even walk to this spot. And you are just have completely impacted yourself in this environment. That is heaven on heaven on earth, basically. Um, anyway, um, that was a big part. It was a big part of the, I, I talked so much about it because it was a, th these are thoughts like that my dad and I have talked about a lot and I'm trying to get to the point in myself that I'm articulating my feelings about the sport and about the life of the animals that we hunt and the mentality that goes into, um, what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I, I had a comment on, um, that po the pond video I put out with corn. I had a comment where, you know, I mean, we're having the best time, just the three of us knocking down a bird here, knocking down a bird there. And someone's like, oh man, you guys, he literally said, this video makes me mad because if it were me, I'd had 10 guys out there in two A-frames and we'd have been, you know, we would have been just slaughtering them. Meaning, oh, they just make a huge pile. Right. And that's just, it's that, it, it, to me, it's, it's like, it's the problem with modern day mm -hmm. waterfowling that it's just about how many birds can we put on the ground and how big of a party can we make it? Yep. Yeah. And I had, uh, kind of along the same lines, I had a comment on my last video where, um, <laughs> he was, uh, throwing crap at chief for chief, not going out there and getting the duck and saying like, I'd have been so mad at your dog. If he wasn't out there, you guys would have probably shot a limit. And I'm like, well, that's not what it's all about. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. um, I was so happy when Chief, you know, retrieved that duck out of the ice and and like that kind of stuff makes the hunt for you. It's not necessarily like I don't have to fill my strap every hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for those people that are listening, I think the the, the place to start is to ask yourself, why do you hunt? Is it just to kill? Are you a killer? Or is it just the thrill of that adrenaline high at killing something? Are you taking the time to look at the stars as you're walking in on those days when you can see the Milky Way? I mean, if you don't shoot a limit, are you embarrassed to even talk about it? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, these these things, you need to start putting a little more thought into why you're doing what you do. And we need to do as much as we can to kind of fight against the problem that social media has, has brought in us with just, it's got to be a stack. It's got to be a stack. And now it doesn't just have to be a limit. It's got to be a limit of 50 guys. <laughs> you know, it's like, who's going to up the game? How many, who can put the biggest pile together? Then it's just not what this experience should be about. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of along, I know that you didn't necessarily mean it with like the total immersion. Like it's great when you can get out there, but I know for, for me in my area, it's a little tougher to get kind of crazy out there. Like you guys can out there in Kansas. And so nothing against the guys who live in more urban areas. And that's not what Elliot was trying to get across. It, oh, it, it is all. great when we can get out there and I love those hunts and those yeah. spots. Those are my favorite spots to go. Yeah. Well, and, and even, even if it's not, if you're not in the middle of nowhere, which I'm actually lucky to the area I live in, cause in Kansas, it is hard to get in the middle of nowhere, but we are lucky that we have found some places where you can, but I think it's just sucking the life out of every hunt. Uh, and I mean, I hope that translates to what I'm talking about. Are you 
are you enjoying the hunt to the fullest? Um, and are you really taking time to study your environment, enjoy your environment, and to totally immerse yourself in the environment? And that's one reason why I love hunting until 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, because I call it watching a marsh breathe, where you just you sit there in for hours. And it becomes like, you know, like your living room, like you're so comfortable in, in where you're in that you just kind of be, sink into it and become a part of it, I guess. And that can happen at a pond. That can happen lots of places, you know. You know, to, to fully get this, I think next year with your three-day hunt trip, you need to get your whole camping gear and go out to an island like that. That would be total immersion. And your three-day hunt consists yeah. of being out on that island out there that would in the middle be awesome. of nowhere. Yeah, that would be awesome. That, the be place where, we, Well, the place that we were, um, you could go clear back into this place we were and just be like, okay, we're here for three days and we're only using kayaks. We could, we could bring in our kayaks on the big boat or something and just be like, okay, for these three days, um, no motorboat. We're not using them. We All we got is our kayaks, and that would be a blast. Yeah. Um, we could even do it as a, a winter survival. Yeah, trip. survival duck hunting. Sign me yeah. up. <laughs> that, would be, that would be so much fun. But I'm kind of in gray area with this place because technically in areas like this, you're not – well, it's not gray area. Uh, in my mind, I want it to be. You're not really supposed to camp back in some of these areas. Yeah. But – I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, we'll move on. We'll move on. I went on a rant, but it, it, it's just something that I've been talking about a lot and trying to really define my philosophy and why I do what I do and why I get this feeling in my stomach when I see it being done in ways where I wonder about why these people are doing what they do. Yeah. Um, and no, I think I mean, we should I all be questioned. Yeah, and I think it's great you bring it up, you know, just, uh, um, you know, especially for the newer hunters and people who haven't been necessarily engulfed in the sport as long as, or I don't know if you want to call it a sport, whatever you want to call it, duck hunting as long as, as you have, um, you know, to be able to kind of be that, that mentor, um, kind of taking that role as far as talking about these issues. Yeah, for sure. So I got one more hunt, one more hunt to go through, I guess. All right. So the next day, my dad only wanted to hunt two days in a row. So the next day, Golden Boy was back from his Guatemala trip. He just came back from a mission trip to Guatemala, um, which was really cool, the things he was doing there. So it was just me and him the next morning. Uh, him and my mom will kill me. Him and me. Him and I. <laughs> it was me. Him and me the next morning. And we were going to go back into the same area, but we, we decided not to hunt the little mallard slough because I didn't – after – it was really slow that day. I mean, we shot seven and took us till noon to do it. And we were killing everything that was coming in. So it was real slow. So I didn't have any faith. And the marshes were thawing even more. I didn't have any faith that they would be back in there. But I did have faith that there would be green wing teal running the shorelines. Because as we as we boated out on Friday, we were fleshing tons of green wings all along the shorelines. And so what we decided to do was um, set up as huge a spread as possible like I think Aiden and I set out about 10, 10 11 dozen, um, mostly of the white rock, seven dozen white rocks, and then I think two or three dozen what Aiden had. And I'm like, well, I know we're going to shoot green wings. So if if the green wings are flying like crazy and there's other ducks, we can always shoot half a limit and wait, whatever. And that night, the, the, the wind actually switched to a hard north wind. And as the sun came up, it's like the green wings just did not show up. I, they were just gone. And... Mm -hmm. We're sitting there. I'm like, man, I, I just was like, they must have migrated out of here. And the wind was was 
starting at about 10 and by the end of the day it got up to about 25 so it was really blowing and within the first hour and a half we had a wood duck come right in aiden killed that then we had what else i think he killed something else but we decided we were going to move because the movement was just non-existent plus in the back of my mind there's still that mallard slew and i'm like maybe they are back in there you know maybe we should pick <laughs> up and get back in there and see what flushes out so we decided we were going to pick up and i think aiden had two i'm pretty sure um and so i got the boat and as i was getting the boat a gadwall came floating in and aiden killed that and had that happened 10 minutes earlier we never would have moved because now he's got three in like an hour and a half which isn't that bad um but we just hadn't see, hadn't been seen hardly anything. And did you happen to see a picture of that gadwall on, on my Instagram? Yeah. The head of it. Uh -huh. Have you ever seen a gadwall with that type of coloration? Um, I've never shot one, so no. I mean, it was like a brown cap on its head with a defined line. I'd never seen anything like it. And I researched mm. it. And apparently, if gadwalls get really old, that top cap will actually turn purple huh. on their head. And with this one, you can see a little bit of purple tint um, in it. But, man, uh, this thing. So now I'm like, I want to try to get both those gadwalls mounted together. The one I shot and this one um, and the widgeon. So anyway, it was beautiful. <laughs> so we got up. We, got, we put all the 100-plus um, decoys into the boat. And we actually, we got it done really quick because our boat's pretty big. It's 18 feet. So we were just walking around, just pitching them, not tying them up, just throwing a huge pile in there. We scouted all over the place and we were we were kicking up several in the coves we were kicking up big groups of green wings so it must have been because the wind they didn't want to be on the big lake shoreline which is where we had set up they were back in the coves kick up any mallards at all huh um and but i showed aiden that spot we'd been hunting went all around and just the mallards there just wasn't like we maybe kicked up five mallards in the whole area so we decided to, we went into one cove, kicked about 150 teal out of there, went and looked at the mallards, came back to that cove, kicked up another 50 teal. And we're like, okay, this is obviously we need to set up here. But Aiden didn't want to set up here because he really in his heart, he wants to be trying to shoot big ducks with a big spread on, on the main lake. Mm -hmm. So we set up for these green wings and man, I have never been outsmarted by ducks more <laughs> than this. We set up the spread and the green wings were landing on the opposite side of this little cove, just like three passes in a row landing on the opposite side. So we're like, well, crap, let's leave all the decoys where we're at and just go to that side. Cause they're going to be right there. Well, then we went to that side and they started doing something different over there. It's like every time they came in, they were just like somehow fooling us, but we did manage over like an hour and a half to shoot about five of them. So at this point I've got, I think Aiden has five ducks and I've got three. And, but in his heart, he just can't stop from wanting to be out on the main lake. And it's about one He, I'm like, okay, let's pick all these decoys up, get back. And we went back to the place we started in the morning. <laughs> and so I was feeling neurotic on that too. But we, so we set that huge spread back up and we had, we waited an hour and a half. And in that hour and a half, we had a hen mallard coast right in and I killed that. And then like right before we we're going to leave. Um, and I got a super zoom in on the video on this one, this Drake mallard. Um, coasted right in, Naden killed him. So we ended up with 10. He ended up with his limit, and I ended up with four on the day. But I think two Drake Mallards and the rest were Teal and and Gadwall and one and one Wood Duck. So we ended up on with 10. Nice. On that day. So nice that was the three-day hunt. Yeah, yeah, it was. And we went until three. I think we went until three or 3.30. And 
I hadn't seen Aiden for over a week and everything. And it was just one of those long hunts where it was gray and windy and just a lot of fun, just a lot of fun to be out there for that amount of time. And so we were out there Thursday afternoon, a big portion of Friday and a big portion of Saturday. And this is a massive area. We saw one other boat of two guys that whole time. They're not. Yeah, hunting that's it. perfect. I know people aren't. <laughs> and I bet you, you could get 10, 15 groups in this area. It's huge. Hmm. I, I don't know why people aren't going back in there, but I, hopefully they'll continue to not go back in there. So it was a great hunt trip. It was a great hunt trip. I ended up and I shot like, oh my gosh, get me out of a layout boat, and all of a sudden I can't miss. I was seventeen for nineteen on the three days. Oh wow! So I, I don't know what got into me. I am not that good of a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Seven and that day, Aiden and I went ten for ten. Well, mm. once I shot two, I shot two with one shot, and so then I missed one. But I ended up, we ended up being a collective 10 for 10 hmm. that day. So it was super enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. So my shooting percentage is back up to like 59, which is way better than everything <laughs> about this year is it's like an anomaly year <laughs> nice. in the right direction. <laughs> Where two so years guess, ago, it was in the bad direction. I guess before we jump into the, the stats portion, let's, uh, I got a little bit of scouting information. So, like I said, I didn't go on very many hunts this week, but um, I'm lining up some hunts going uh, for the foreseeable future going hunting. <laughs> so, uh, but tomorrow um, we had a couple options, and man, um, we changed it kind of last minute. Um, one of the places we got, like, literally just stacked in there and every time i say this it doesn't happen so i if it doesn't happen yeah. tomorrow morning if i'm not sending you a picture by like 9 a.m so what with, what type of hunt is it it's just, it's a mallard bunch in of the corn in the river pond what that's uh, a pond yeah okay is so, it that same pond uh did you guys hunt sometimes maybe <laughs> you don't want to give those details I like to give as few details as possible. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's going to know where you're hunting, are they? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Might, I might go in there and steal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I mean, it's it's just, I mean, there's so many. It's a, Yeah. But, I mean, I've said this so many times this year. I don't think there's been a year where I've said tomorrow we're going to just, we're going to crush them. And yeah. then it doesn't happen. Like, so I don't want to say yeah. that because I, I just yeah. don't, but yeah. if it doesn't happen tomorrow, I'm retiring. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, um, who, who all is going? Is this an HDR hunt or, uh, almost always. Cause, um, I mean, yeah, me and Hunter hunt a lot together, even if Tim doesn't go. Yeah. So yeah, like that ice hunt, um, there's an HTR version of that as well. I don't know if you've checked yeah, I it out. I haven't watched that yet. I've seen it. And I want I'd like to, to know what you think about the comparison because obviously okay. I'm the editor of both. That makes it's, it's a, a different. Yeah, it's just different. So I, I just wonder what you think. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I was surprised on that pond hunt that I, that you were shooting so much and not filming. How, when do you know um, when you're should just be filming only versus not filming seemed like you were shooting on most of the passes when, yeah. when, when do you how, how did your decision making about that uh honestly it's i don't even know at this point <laughs> it's just it's whatever you feel like at the time yeah pretty much yeah. i certainly have times where i'm like i'm setting up the gopro i don't care i want to kill ducks 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's just been, if we would have had some, like, I'm still waiting for that, like, good hunt, you know what I mean? And then, like, yeah. that kind of, like, gets you settled, and then you're like, ah, you know, kind of. Or, you yeah. know, you can get shoot some birds and trade off, and but it's just we haven't had that. This, we've, yeah, had a little bit. Yeah, a lot of times we'll stuff. do that as well, especially when Aiden and I hunt together. We'll get, like, half of our limit and just count on GoPro footage. And then after after you can kind of tell, okay, this is going to be a good one, then we start switching on and off. Because um, I feel like if you get three or four, quality kill shots on the video and then you just get the experience around it that's plenty yeah and i think we're trying kind of with the hdr deal doing some of the stationary foot footage and seeing how that works especially when you get them in close with a gopro um mm-hmm. and then the shot cams kind of supplementing that turns mm-hmm. out to be pretty decent the shot cams looking nice yeah and like kind of speaking on the shot cams and kind of uh revisiting something we talked about earlier it's just amazing to see how many shots hit these birds that, that, that don't drop and we're talking about birds in range yeah yeah like i don't i don't know if you saw i think it was the last one on on the ice the ice hunt mm-hmm. yep and i don't know if you if you watch it like pretty close I, there is so many feathers going off of it multiple times and he's still going isn't he? and he's still going and then you see like it's hard to see when you actually shoot on the shot cam what the mm-hmm. shot pattern does um, but like when I shot it and you know, the recoil goes, so I, I shoot in the birds in the, in the site and then, you know, the gun kicks up and then you get back on the bird and now mm-hmm. one of his legs was broken and he's still flying. <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. And so going back to our previous discussion, like, I mean, it just goes to show how many birds are taking steel that you don't even realize it. Yep. So oh, yeah. you need to make sure that you're being ethical with your shot selection because you don't want to leave wounded and crippled birds. And when normally when you say cripples, people are thinking about birds that you actually see go down that are crippled. We're talking about birds that you don't even know you put steel into. Mm-hmm. Like there was a bird when I went out with Hunter and Jason and I got the video, they missed it. And I got the video and I could see the wads and I, I'm like, okay, yeah, th- this bird took a lot of steel, but you never could tell. You couldn't tell from the shooter. I only could see it on the video. Like you were saying. And yeah, we just need to be mindful of that type of type of thing for sure. Yep. But I want, I want one of those shot cams really bad now that I've watched yours. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty cool. I mean, it's just even as, as like a, a training tool, um, because I went the beginning of this, this, uh, season, it's kind of no secret that I had a little bit of struggles on the shooting and, um, and I went from till season shooting really great to mallard, you know, big duck season and not shooting so great. And one thing I noticed is I was leading it like it was like a, a till that was going to like bank in there, at, you know, 40 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And then you go from that to like a mallard cupping in over the decoys, just barely moving. And like I'm looking and I'm like a bird length ahead of them. And I just yeah. shoot and all of my shot goes in front of them. And yeah. then I would overcompensate by leading more. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you, you know, everyone always tells you, 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 you got to lead them. You got to lead them. You got to lead them. What a, what a valuable tool that is for you. Yeah. Cause you can see right where you're shooting. So now I'm just like, put it on its nose, put it on like, and that's leading it. If you put it right on its nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, you know, a cupped in bird is not, it's going like, you know, right. Five right. miles per hour or something. 35, 40 yards. I think I, I try I typically put about a head length or two mm. in front of it. Um, but speak, speaking of, man, this broke my heart. Speaking of wounded birds at teal hunting, 
um, this teal came by and I shot at it a couple times and I overlet it is that it flew away that it's like the shot just missed its head and destroyed its bill. Mm. So now this thing's flying away with a completely jacked up bill, but nothing else is wrong with it. What's the life plot of that duck? And Damn. that, that just made me feel so terrible. Think about this cute little blue winged teal with this <laughs> beak. That's just like mangled. That has nothing else wrong with it. Yeah, man. That's going to be a long starvation process there. Mm. That made me feel horrible. <laughs> yeah. Not fun to think about. I know, but I mean, you think they missed it like by centimeters. Mm-hmm. But bad story. That that's the dark side of waterfowl hunting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess let's jump into the stats. Uh, mine don't have any updates because one hunt skunked. Yeah. And we're keeping these stats at freelancehuntstats.com, and you can set up um, a free membership if you want there, and just start logging your hunts. And I think one. Th- uh, misconception that people have and even my friend Jason had this I was like have you made an account and he's like no I'm not really into keeping my shooting percentage because I do I've tried to minimize how much I talk about shooting percentage because anything on this site you don't have to keep anything you don't have to keep shooting percentage you don't have to you can only you can keep whatever you do or don't want to keep and the way we have it set up so if you go 100 hunts and you don't keep shooting percentage but then after 100 hunts you're like oh I think I might want to try that it's mathematically built in there to to kick those hundred out so that it doesn't doesn't improperly affect your shooting percentage. So I don't want to get the idea that shooting percentage is the main portion of this site because it's a very minimal thing and it's completely optional whether you want to keep it or not. So my my year my year long stats and please remember this this year is an anomaly. I've never had a year <laughs> this good. I'll probably never have a year this good again. Um, it's just like all the stars have aligned for some reason. So I've got fifteen hunts. 80 birds harvested, um, lost two, eight doubles, one triple, <laughs> 59.85 shooting percentage, averaging 5.3 birds per hunt. Mm. That's where I'm at. That's um, miraculous. <laughs> just amazing. That's amazing to me, too. I just I just can't believe it. I, I, I've always thought, because, you know, we'll put, like, together a really hot September and then it'll suck in October and then we'll put it. I've never had a year. I've had each individual month, September, October, November, December, January be really hot, but I've never had September, October, November, just like every single month be hot like this before. And two years ago, like you were saying how you guys are doing so much scouting and it just doesn't pan out. So in season two, we had a terrible year. And so we decided we were going to really step up the scouting. So season three, we scouted, a lot more and hold on season back though season one was bad so season two we saw we were scouted a lot more and it was just like you guys there was time and time again where we had birds scouted we were like it's a sure thing and we'd go in there and just nothing i mean that happened over and over and over again mm. um where this year it's like i feel like i could wander into my backyard and shoot a lemon i mean it's just like <laughs> it's just an anomaly mm. so i like it but i'm gonna be talking about this year like remember that year <laughs> yeah so my uh season numbers are overall shooting is at 45 percent um number of hunts is 19 with total harvest of 32 two lost two doubles one triple 76 shots fired how many shots do you say you have fired <laughs> uh 137 
averaging nine, averaging <laughs> nine a hunt, which normally I average around six shots fired a hunt. Mm. But this year it's nine point one. So um, I fully anticipate a cold streak here pretty soon. But hopefully yeah. not. If I could just keep it going, man. The amazing thing about that number, though, is that I'm at twelve mallards and you're at fourteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I figure that my cold streak will start mid December. <laughs> right on when I show early up. Friday morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, Don't be... you bring that Indiana luck down to Kansas? Indiana luck down to Kansas. It's not Indiana luck. It's duck gun luck this year. <laughs> well, you just you just keep it rolling. It's gonna it's gonna turn. You guys are gonna get hot. Yeah, you're doing start. doing way too much scouting <laughs> to have it continue to be like this. Yeah, I'm anticipating the same. So, um, I think that about wraps it up for us. You got anything else you want to add? Nope. Uh, who do we have on next week? Do you remember? Uh, I think it's Ducklander calls. Oh, really? I didn't realize we had him lined up again. Sweet. Yep. He's, have you, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but they've been having a lot of success. Nice. Which I think they always do from the sounds of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. It's hard not to have success when you hunt every single day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I am officially a Ducklander Calls fanboy. I, I will admit it. I'm not going to hide it. <laughs> nice. I'm not going to. I'm going to get a Ducklander call real soon and have that Bailey's on my neck and the Ducklander on my neck and then this one other. Sweet. All right, man. All right. Well, I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Ducking. We really appreciate you guys tuning in every week and couldn't do it without the awesome duck gun podcast community uh, make sure to give us the five stars over there on itunes help us out a lot and uh check us out on youtube me and elliot putting out our hunts every hunt up there on youtube and that's actually if you guys don't know and you're just from the podcast that's where we both started out making youtube videos so anyways that's all we got for this week i'm jordan for elliot and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>